0: How's it going everybody? Rye Brad here today and we are back with a brand new series on the channel. Uh, we will be recapping the offseason, last season, and next season for every team uh, in the NHL. All 31 teams in the National Hockey League and to help me out with this I brought along a good friend of mine. Uh, John, go ahead and say hi to the people.
1: What's up everybody? Uh, we're here to talk about Pittsburgh Penguins today.
0: Yep, so if you guys uh want to know we will be doing this in reverse draft order. So that means we will be the 31st overall team. I know they didn't pick 31st. We'll get to that later. Um but we will be talking about each team in reverse order. So 31st is the Pittsburgh Penguins.
1: Yeah, and they definitely had an impressive season uh, last season. Obviously winning Stanley Cup, it doesn't get much better than that. Um but they were favorites to win, so and there's a reason for that.
0: Yeah, they. I I love how they were favorites, but they weren't even like you know number one, uh in in the league. Yeah. Although they should, they 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 were certainly good enough to be.
1: Definitely, I think they were favored in uh, every matchup they played, uh, even against Washington, who had the better regular season. But uh, Pittsburgh, even without Letang, was uh, favored to win just because of their playoff success in the past, and also maybe due to the Caps lack of playoff success
0: well let's be real real here i mean and anytime they face the capitals they're going to be favored the capitals are always going to have better regular season success but uh that doesn't necessarily translate into postseason success
1: yeah that's pretty clear um and i think the pens part of their success uh at least what we saw in the stanley cup final was a battle of uh, defense versus forwards nashville had that strong decor decor which full disclosure i am a predators fan so mm-hmm. uh congratulations to the penguins uh I try not to be salty about it, but uh, it it was a, it was a good it was definitely a good matchup and a good battle between defensemen and forwards. And uh, I think we should talk about the Penns forward core just a bit. Uh, that's that's definitely their strength,
0: I think. Oh, easily, and especially among the young guys they have coming up. I mean, that's a, that's an organization that's doing the right thing, and they're actually setting the tone uh, as far as league wide um you know organization building is concerned i mean uh you know you guys know i'm a sabers fan and we actually took the P- P- pittsburgh penguins assistant gm jason bottrell uh and one of the things that they do well in pittsburgh is they groom uh players through the ahl and have a lot of good prospects that they don't necessarily rush into the nhl action but do give them time down there in wilkes scranton um down there in the ahl and it shows the wilkes scranton penguins are uh consistently one of the better teams in the american hockey league
1: yeah, and uh, teams like uh, Pittsburgh and Chicago both have been following this model of sticking with the core they have of Crosby, Malkin, Letang, uh, or in Chicago's case, Keith uh, Kane, Taves, and surrounding them with young, entry-level contract players uh, for that are much cheaper, like Shiri and Ginsel. You know, Gensel's a guy that came out of nowhere, and Shiri, too. Nobody expected that but I think uh, one of the things that makes the Penguins unique is how often they look to the NCAA for drafting. I don't think any other team has focused on them as much, or I I think no other team has had as many former NCAA players, uh, uh, no other cup-winning team has had as many former NCAA players as the Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: And I I think I got a stat to go along with that. I believe I I saw somewhere, it was like, uh, since Crosby and Malcolm were drafted, it's been like fifty-one percent out of uh, some type of American hockey, whether that be the USHL or yeah, USHL the USHL Also,
1: definitely. Um, I think that is uh one thing that their forwards maybe they're uh, later bloomers or slower. Uh, they're definitely not as hyped up. But I mean, it's also true that when you put a guy on Crosby's line, he's the kind of guy that makes he he makes people around him better. Oh, easily. Uh, anybody on his line, you know, yeah. I, I could be on his line, probably get a couple goals.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing about their, the, like the, these prospects, you don't hear a ton about them because the penguins are consistently making deep runs in the playoffs and they don't get a top 10 pick every other year. Or for a lot of franchises case, you know, they're getting a top 15 pick in the lottery, supposedly. Um, once every three years so they're consistently down there in the 20s that they're finding good talent and grooming it but I think having a guy like Crosby to put these guys around uh, allows the Penguins to not rush them you know when you're a struggling franchise you got to draft somebody that you want to have make an impact right away but when you're in the Penguin situation you can wait and groom a guy like Gensel and you know you don't even have to bring it up uh, you know at the beginning of the season you can bring him up halfway through the season towards the end of the season and even send him back down and call him up for the playoffs if you so desire and those entry-level yeah. contracts certainly make cap space really, really easy, since these guys are making uh, 925,000 is the max entry-level contract. While Crosby and Malkin are taking up a serious amount of cap space, uh, Pittsburgh certainly managed the cap a lot better than a team like Chicago, and we're seeing the repercussions of that over there in Chicago.
1: I think though you got to look at the difference between the situation. Well, Pittsburgh is like Chicago a few years into the future. You know, you got guys like Malkin and Crosby that are a little bit older. You know, their core is just a little bit older than Chicago's core, at least the the two main guys. Um, so you got to look at the, – there were different situations then. Uh, you know, an interesting stat that people don't really think about is when Crosby was signed, he was signed to a longer-term deal because that was allowed at the time uh, until the collective bargaining agreement changed in the 2012-2013 lockout. Um, and at the time, he was signed for the same percentage of cap well, actually, a greater percentage of cap than uh, Taves and Kane are taking up right now, um, but the cap increased with time. And you know, when when Taves and Kane were signed to that contract, they were really betting on the cap increasing. But uh, y- you can't really you can't really tell what the economy is going to do, especially. Well, you you, you know, can't bet on the cap to
0: increase. I mean, personally, I think the NBA is is one where I think it's better run financially than the NHL. But I can get into that a different day. Uh, yeah
1: but the you know the penguins did bet on the cap increasing and it worked out for them but the the chicago blackhawks they bet on the cap increasing and and it obviously it hasn't worked out you you can't read the future um
0: you know sometimes stuff works out sometimes it doesn't but uh for the pins it obviously did and i mean i look you get a guy like phil kessel who we failed to mention this entire time uh yeah, and part we, of his salary is being paid by toronto yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I think they, you know, they gave up assets in order to get that, and Chicago did the same thing, giving up assets to get cap space. But uh, you know, Pittsburgh did it in a different way, where where they gave up assets not to get rid of salary cap, but to gain a player that had salary retained. You know, and and, and that salary retention, honestly, the Phil Kessel trade is one of the ones that really set these two past cups into motion for sure.
0: They would not have won back to back cups if it was not for this Phil Kessel trade.
1: I, mean, I think so. He definitely could have won the con Smythe last year. That was uh, one of the more contentious picks. He led the team in scoring. Um, I don't think he had a, as big of an impact this year. I mean, he did. He I did think have Malkin should have won it wasn't this year. As big. Um, but, you know, w- what, a, uh, what a playoff run, honestly. Oh, yeah. And,
0: and as far as this year, I'm definitely saying it's Malkin. Um, but, you know you got the best player in the world in Sidney Crosby although i don't think he's going to be the best player for long is that we see the meteoric like there's just the historic rise of Connor McDavid out of nowhere 100 points in year number 2 is phenomenal for anybody but you know Connor McDavid was uh you know touted to be this generational talent and he's pretty much living up to the hype although you know oh, yeah. who knows what it's going to be going forward maybe next year he takes a step back although I don't see that happening. I don't know. I don't know if he can follow up. But anyway, point back,
1: back to the penguins here, back to the penguins here. They're, they're forward core. We've talked about it. It's the reason they won, but it's not the only reason, you know, we also got to talk about the defensemen and uh, you know, it, it really looks like just a mishmash of, of guys. They, they've just found, you know, like a guy like Trevor Daly who they traded for Scuderi, mm-hmm. uh from Chicago. That was you got Ron it, it Hainsey in like there, too? Beans trade. It looked like a small beans trade. Ron Hainsey for a second. You got to give up assets to contend, man. But, uh, you know, uh, like like Trevor Daly is definitely a big one to look at because he has had such an impact and out of nowhere. And I think part of it is just it really goes to show you it matters what system you're playing for. You know, a guy can be really good in one system and not good at all in the other because he, he really didn't fit in with Chicago. Well, but, uh, I, th-
0: I think the key for the Penguins is, you know, these, these guys aren't necessarily world beaters. They aren't amazing offensive defensemen, but they were coached on what to do, where to be, where to put the puck. And look, it worked out for them. You know, everyone yeah. said Nashville had the better decor, but I definitely think Pittsburgh's defensemen, even though they aren't the most talented guys on paper, certainly played their role quite well. And that's something, um, uh, former Nashville Predators assistant coach Phil Housley, uh, said about the Penguins is that their guys were coached well. They were coached into their role, and they certainly contributed yeah, when needed. A good plug there
1: for Phil Housley. Uh, now, now Sabres coach, I'm sure yep. you know. Um, but I think that uh, their defensemen definitely have a smaller role than they do in Nashville. But that's just the system. Um, oh, and, and obviously that works out for uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But you you can't. You know, it's not all uh, guys with no rule. A guy like Justin Schultz, who we, we have to talk about.
0: Uh, After not know, signing season, with the I Oilers, think, right? Yeah, he,
1: he he actually did sign with the Oilers. He was traded for a third-round a third round pick in 2016 uh, with 50% of his salary retained. So that's another trade where you're looking at. Uh, they got salary retained, and they, they kind of took a risk because people thought that uh, Schultz was a big bust. But obviously, you know here's a stat for you this past season um i think most people know how well he did but in the month of december i think he was he was first in defenseman scoring maybe third in league scoring which the penguins had a great december but how how somebody plays that well after being that um unfortunate last season is really or the season before is really amazing
0: oh yeah for sure and i mean you know he's really turned into a solid offensive defenseman, and you know the league is starting to take note of him being a. You know, I don't. I wouldn't call him necessarily a bona fide top four defenseman, but he's certainly a guy that'll fill in where you need him to, and he will get you points. I mean, he's not kind of a guy I don't who's know. gonna. I
1: think he's bona fide top four. I would say he's bona fide top four. Um, I'm not saying he's uh the best top four in the league, but I I think he's definitely. I think the bar for top four. Maybe if you're looking at a team like the Predators, like you're setting the bar a little too high. I, I think he's bona fide top four for sure. I mean, I'd let, have to see one more season like this quick. out of him, though. Uh, that's true, but uh, I don't know. I think they're looking to sign him long term. Um, but uh, his past season the stats, like, I think when you hear it, you'll be uh, you'll be pretty impressed. He scored. Well, let's just look at the playoffs first. Twenty-one games played, thirteen points. Like that, for that is man? very yeah. good. Yeah. Um. In the, this past season, he got 51 points. 51 points for a defenseman. That is, that is beyond thought, plus 27. And again, I'm not a big plus minus guy because I think that a lot of it is situational, what team you're on. That really is important. And you got to look at it. He shot 15% in the playoffs, but that's a smaller sample size. But 51 points is nothing. I mean, if that's not bona fide, uh, I think that puts him in the top. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know. At yeah. least the top twenty for defensemen, uh in points. I mean if I, you think about know, it, that's only twenty points,
0: points behind James Norris candidates, uh Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. So, you know, twenty mm-hmm. points is not a Burn lot or, of points if Brent you think Brent. about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um I think I think that, that he he he's definitely bona fide, in my opinion.
0: But um I don't know how many moves yeah. they would need to make this off season. I mean, they got prospects in the system, and I think they had a, a decent draft for what they had. I mean
1: well, let's talk about their prospects for a little bit. Um, you know, I think that, you see, we, we did say that some of their prospects came out of nowhere, so it's kind of hard to tell. But, um, you know, the, the two big names I can come up with are uh, Daniel Sprong and Derek Pouliot. And I think that Sprong, uh, he was about two points per game. Is that right? That was in absolutely ridiculous in the CHL. He just uh, he, he took that thing by storm. Season. Yeah, he really did. Um, but... Uh, I think that we'll see him in the lineup definitely um, this coming season. Uh, they're trying to bring him up, and he I, is I'd probably put a their best prospect that, right now. Uh, if I know anything Football?
0: about the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins organization, he'll probably spend half the year down uh, in the AHL affiliate. I, I, you know, they did the same thing with Jake Gensel. I definitely think that uh, unless Sprong wows in too. camp, um, I, th- I think they'll keep him down in the American Hockey League.
1: That's the thing, though. I think he has been wowing, but uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. They they definitely do have that emphasis on it. Um, and we might see that. Other uh, other prospect is Derek Pouliot. Uh, he's high, he's touted. He's a blue chip prospect, but um, I think that he's been a little bit of a disappointment for Penguins fans. Uh, just because he's been very hyped up, but uh, sometimes when he's out there on the ice, he, he looks a little
0: lost. Yeah, defensively, I mean, the dude can look a little bit lost. A couple blunders in his but, own end, but uh, offensively, I think the dude games. can definitely contribute. I mean, um, that's definitely true that's definitely true. i was kind of surprised to see pittsburgh not take a defenseman or not a, not a defenseman excuse me a goaltender in the later rounds probably because i mean they just lost mark andre Fleury to las vegas um see that's the thing though they just lost mark andre Fleury to las vegas but they're definitely set they're solid
1: on starting goalie they have matt well, murray, matt murray. no one can question matt murray being a starting no, goalie after those past two seasons um and then the uh, Penguins fans will know about their uh, prospect goaltender has been playing in the um, in the CHL, I believe. Tristan Jerry, uh, you know, he got a lot of hype. People even talked about him starting maybe for a game in uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs when you know Fleury was looking a little rough and uh was worries. injured. Yeah. You know, and and of course the Pens love to have both their goalies injured and start over, like Jeff Zatkoff at the beginning of 2016. But um, I think that Tristan Jerry will. Uh, We'll be looking at him as a backup next season,
0: but with Matt Murray taking the main load. I don't know. I, oh. could, I could see them, you know, again, sending, you know, keeping Jerry down in the American Hockey League and potentially signing somebody, but I, he could, he, I would definitely see them uh, bringing Jerry up as a backup role more than um, down in the AHL, but I could see it happen again. Pittsburgh likes to emphasis on growing players and not rushing them, but who knows what they're going to do. Uh, oh yeah,
1: I misspoke. I think he uh played in the AHL this past uh season.
0: Oh, did he? Um, okay. Then uh then he probably um, yeah,
1: he's 22, so um, he's
0: probably well, yeah, 22 for a goalie is still p- pretty young, but I guess Matt Murray no, kind of breaks goalie, the role yeah. role on that uh on that one. Oh. God. So looking at their draft. Uh, I got it up here and you know, I'm I'm not a the rest, most of their picks, you know, I'm kind of okay with. I'm on the fence. Uh, w- One guy that I thought was a pretty good pick at, at pick 155 in the fifth round was uh, Linus Oland. He seems to be a pretty good two-way center, some guy that they can groom uh, and can maybe come in and fill a second or third line role maybe someday. If he hits the top end potential, he would definitely get to uh to, uh the second line. But I could see him filling a very uh special teams-esque role you know, penalty killing, and maybe a good puck mover on the power play, but uh, the the one pick that I'm going to highlight here is Zachary Lauzon. Um, the, uh, they took their second round draft pick. He was easily the best defenseman available, in my opinion, um, on day number two, and they were able to snatch him up, and um, I, I definitely think they got a really, really good prospect there, and that's going to ac- actually help the blue line. I think he should be ready by the time Chris Letang is probably on his way out of Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, um, I think that if you're going to highlight a pick, uh, we should definitely highlight the pick they didn't make. Um, <laughs> they traded away the 31st pick. I, I feel like if, if you're a Penguins fan, you definitely know about this. it got talked about a lot. They traded away the 31st pick and Sunquist for Ryan Reeves. You I heard did. that right, I Ryan did. Reeves, and the 51st pick. Uh, kind of crazy. People looked at it like Reeves for a first-round pick, but uh, there's more to it than that. It was really just moving down 20 spots.
0: But uh, – Still, though, I mm-hmm. mean, I, yeah, that's, I, Brian mm. Reeves isn't worth 20 spots in my opinion. And then even if you want to say, okay, you know, there, there's only like a few assets in this trade. You're trading Sunkfist for Reeves? Really? I'd much rather have Sunkfist on my team or you're trading Reeves for that 31st pick. I mean, I don't agree with that. I would much rather have both of those assets. You know, you could get a guy like Reeves or an actual like legitimate uh, contributor to your team. I,
1: I don't understand this trade at all. I'm going to say I agree with you that I think the uh, Blues made out better in this trade, but you, you do have to understand the Penguins' perspective on it. I think they're uh, they were kind of looking at it from the perspective of oh, you know, this last playoffs, what can we learn from it? You know, you you always want to learn. Even though they won the Stanley Cup, what can we learn from it? Our, our team got pushed around. There were games where we might have needed somebody to to set a tone, and I think that's what Ryan Reeves is, and I uh, I don't really agree with it, but I I see where they're coming from, and and maybe for the regular season too. They they want a guy who can set a tone, kind of like how the Predators acquired Cody McClode, who played terribly, I think. But uh, right, but uh, he, he served his role. He he he, he did do that.
0: I mean, you you saw Crosby get into it. You saw the Nashville Predators stars get into it. They did get physical. I don't know why you can't have a guy... I mean, Evgeny Malkin is not a guy that shies away from physical play. They don't really get pushed around too much, does Pittsburgh. And they're the new era of hockey. This speed skating... you know, I, Ryan Reeves just doesn't fit that. I'd much rather have a guy like Sundepist. You know, he may not be the best skater in the world, but he's certainly better than Reeves. I feel like Reeves is going to get blown by as the, NA, the rest of the NHL catches up to the Penguins in this all-speed game.
1: Hey, man, I'm not disagreeing with you, but uh, I'm just trying to provide their perspective. Honestly, I, I'm with you completely that I think it was a uh, definitely a loss, but uh, you gotta you got to understand where they're coming from. You can still disagree
0: with it. I, I definitely do. Yeah. I think it was... Uh,
1: they they really blew that one, but
0: uh. All right, quick here before I, I before we got to get out of here. Where do you where, what do you what do you think their uh what's their biggest off season acquisition that they need, and where do you think they're gonna go this upcoming season?
1: Look, the team just won the Stanley Cup. I think their biggest off season acquisition should be no acquisition. I mean, really, unless if they can keep everyone, they might lose Nick Bonino, which or not Talk about very much. Uh, well, Matt Cullen, that is true, and that is that veteran figure which they brought in Reeves for, but uh. I think that, um, you know, they might need to fill that three-center spot if they lose Nick Bonino. So that, that, that a bona fide three-center, maybe like mm-hmm. a Sam Gagne or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have much cap to work with, though. Right. Um, other than that, though, you got the team. Keep the team together. If you're back-to-back, don't change much, you know.
0: Yeah, they're easily going to take a uh, divisional spot, I think. Uh, and hopefully they can keep most of the guys they have, but I, I, I'm confident that they've got a plan Uh, Within the organization, two to like one or two guys, like you said, maybe uh, sprong comes up, uh, and you can transition somebody to the center. I'm not too sure how that works, but I would definitely like to keep a guy like Benino, although he's probably gonna ask for a decent amount of money. Uh, you could even put Rust at center, although I wouldn't you know do that too much. But you know, they're easily snagging a divisional spot. I see them making some noise in the playoffs again, but uh, it should be interesting when um, when uh, Flurry and the Vegas Golden Knights come back into town in Pittsburgh.
1: That'll definitely be interesting. You know, Fleury, I don't think we talked about him enough. Um, He definitely had a huge impact on the team and just the franchise in general, since he's been there. Um, But yeah, that'll be emotional for Fleury and for the, I think the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Um, If you want to hear some more of this, make sure to subscribe. We will be doing the other 30 teams of the NHL coming up the rest of this summer. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you in the next one.